Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Episode 230, 235 of the podcast, lads. It is not, we're not the, we're not the, we're not the, what is the phrase? We're not the world's longest running Celtic podcast. World's wrongest running Celtic football <laughs> we're podcast. We're the world's wrongest running Celtic podcast. <laughs> Two hundred thirty-five of twenty-minute Tim's, and on this glorious week, I am joined by Melly. No, no, not this week. And Stephen, Melly's not here to trifle. Stephen, good evening. Well, Stephen, no, he's, he's here for business. He's here for business. He claims he's not here, but I can, I can see him. He's very much in front of me. Absolutely, it. definitely is here. But before we begin and get into all the hilarity that I'm sure we're going to find on this week's podcast, eh, I'd just like to take this opportunity so, to thank our patrons. Their support of this podcast has been absolutely tremendous, and it's allowed us to bring relentless coverage of Celtic this season pre and post match in depth with tactics and analysis and even features on Celtic history and but in particular during this disastrous period our content has been ferocious and the, the, they've been they've been enjoying it the, the feedback has been great so I just want to say thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon and if you'd like to take part in the Patreon podcast party that we host over there you can head on over to patreon.com slash 20 minute tims now, lads, following and supporting Celtic, we have had, you know, our fair share. The age we're at, we've had our fair share of disastrous periods of following Celtic. But doing this podcast, I don't think we've ever had the opportunity where we get to discuss two losses, and not just two losses on the one podcast, but two results which, in isolation of any other season, would be considered shock results, embarrassing results. But in this season that we're going through just now, they're just another piece of trash on the bin fire that is going for the 10. <laughs> Yeah, there can be many in our, our history, our five year, five plus years of doing this. There can't be many episodes where we've sat down and had two disastrous defeats to talk about in the space of a week. No. It has happened on occasion. I can remember thinking, right, we've had, it's been a couple of crap games here. So we'll maybe we'll ask for like listener questions or something like that just to give us something to talk about. It's maybe been like a nil-nil drab draw or a one-nil defeat or something like that. However, I can't see us struggling for subject material tonight there is it's been a busy old week it's been a busy old week in Timdom once again absolutely not I mean Melly the thing about this is right if this was a normal season any other normal season and Celtic had lost 4-1 to Sparta Prague in the Champions League we would be on here talking about I'd love how... to be in the Champions League mate but... oh yeah sorry in the Europa yeah. League yeah yeah 
it doesn't matter the competition really, but if they had lost 4-1 to Sparta in the Europa League, we would be on here talking about how bad a result that is, how terrible it is, how embarrassing it is, how it never needs to happen again, right? Forget that. If this was any other normal season and Celtic had just been papped out the early stages of the Scottish League Cup by Ross County, we'd be on having the exact same conversation. But the fact is, none of these results were a surprise. These are once in a season, once every couple of seasons, shock results, and we've had two in a week, Melly. It's an absolute disaster going into the Ross County game. Like, we were speaking about it a lot and we said, right, Lennon talked about, oh, that's it, we've had the chats, we've had good chats going on, this is the start, and you think, well, this is the game, Ross County at home, they've not beat a top flight team since the middle of September, they are terrible, we'll go out and win this game, and you know what, so what, because we can smash Ross County at home, what does that prove, because we'll just go and get beat by any half-decent team later on in the league, no, we go out and get smashed by Ross County as well. And look, a more innocent look, time, Melly. That was uh, a more innocent time last week. No matter how bad it's been, even when it got to Sunday, it never really entered my head that Celtic would get beat. Even with all the disasters recently, it still didn't even enter my head on Sunday. We'll get beat today. I thought, no, nah, we'll go out and at worst, we'll scrape a one or a two-one win, pumped at home without even scoring. Uh, you're, you're right, Melly, because my worst fear going into this game was that Celtic were going to win convincingly and it was going to give a chance for <laughs> yes. Peter Lawwell to get on the phone to Dermot Desmond and be like, oh, we get away with one again. The, the shit munchers have bought it. Oh, they're, they're, all, they're all lapping it up. Lenny Ball's back. We won 5-0. That was my worst fear going into this game. Oh, oh, how I was wrong. And as I say, a, a more innocent time before we, we turned up to this. Uh, this has been, I mean... If, if anyone obviously doesn't know what we're talking about, we've been eliminated from the League Cup. Oh, the I, think, league, I think everyone knows. Cup defeat. <laughs> I think yes, everyone yeah, the first know. Cup defeat in in years and years. And see, when you're talking about disasters, obviously we had Brendan Rodgers won or was undefeated for however many games it was. What was it, 69 or something like that towards, I can't remember exactly how many, but then we get gubbed off hearts. But there was a certain amount of like hilarity around that. Because we thought, ah, do you know what? It was going to happen at some time. And at least it was out in a blaze of glory. But we're all still going in the, the right direction. But the tragic thing about this was that it was by no means a surprise. Yet we're surprised that we lost to Ross County, but not with the way things have been going for Celtic. There was always another absolute body blow lurking around the corner for Celtic. And it's been, it's been delivered. The culmination of... A number of weeks events, but I think the last week certainly brought it all to head. Saw protests outside Celtic Park for the first time, and I can remember calling for the manager to be sacked. The players were getting it, the board was getting it. Um, we weren't at Celtic Park, I wasn't at Celtic Park anyway, uh, but I spoke to someone who was just to get a, I spoke to someone today who was just to get a, a feeling for what the, what, what the atmosphere was like at Celtic Park. And what he told me was the majority, the majority of the protests were directed at the board. It was directed at the the, the the overseers of this current situation. It was directed at them. Uh, I'm not even going to waste any time talking about this police scuffles because they were so minor it doesn't even... I'm not even doing that old trick where you get sidetracked. The media like to get sidetracked into talking about something that's almost irrelevant. Um, there was a bit of the stuff about Neil Lennon uh, and then obviously the players were getting abused. But that, the, the majority of it was that. I just want to say as well before we begin though the Neil Lennon get to fuck stuff my personal opinion was I didn't like that so much I think maybe Neil Lennon deserves a bit in fact no I don't think maybe I, I, I think for, for certain Neil Lennon deserves a bit more respect than being shouted at by certain people outside the ground but look I'm not going to 
police what anyone else has to say. That, that, that's my opinion on their opinion kind of thing, if you get what I mean. Um, but I suppose the big question is, Stephen, how did it get to the point where we're protesting now outside the ground? Well, no one can say they weren't warned because the, the banner, uh, the Green Brigade or the North Curve banner was last week. <laughs> Time travels fast sure in the last couple of weeks. Think about all the all we've been through. Time comes at you quickly, but it's, the, the banner was last week, right? No one listened and uh, Peter Lawwell released all these wee stories into the media through his usual outlets. We, we all know who they are um, saying that, you know, everyone's united and everyone's behind Neil Lennon. So it was clear that they weren't willing to listen to the fans and it has culminated in this. What we've been through in the last week or so has been frustrating to say the least. I wasn't there either. I, I wasn't at the, the, the protest. Um, I'm not going to criticise anyone who was there because I think we recorded a live reaction to yesterday's game mm-hmm. and it had only just kicked off. I had seen a couple of pictures of it and it looked as if there was a couple of dozen people there. That obviously escalated um, quite a bit in the time we were recording and on that I said I totally understand this obviously I, I adjust my opinion on it slightly to say that like, as you just said the the scuffles and the, the stuff that was spilling over a wee bit clearly don't condone that kind of thing but I think on just the, the protests themselves I completely understand them because Celtic have fed us nothing but garbage this week and it's it, it started in my opinion with the Hibs stuff right we've already covered that on last week's podcast after that Neil Lennon said he was angry disappointed and he stopped himself from saying it was unprofessional he just stopped himself from saying the players were unprofessional he described the players as lazy I don't know if we're giving them too much information or not yeah, enough I know he said then if there's any criticism of this game, I'm not going to defend it. Three days later, he came out and defended it. He said it was a good performance and everyone was hysterical. So the fans are then being blamed for being hysterical over this. So again, they're not only not being listened to, they're being criticised for their reaction to certain games. There's only so many times you can just push people's buttons without them eventually losing their temper. And that's that's kind of what happened here. If you don't want things like that to happen... Maybe don't have everyone's pals in the media calling everyone yeah. entitled and bedwetters and stuff and like how that. How quickly you don't did want that change? Like to happen. You know, just to sort of talk yeah, about how quickly did that stuff change? Even like within a couple of days, we're being called bedwetters by Tom English. Celtic fans are being called. You know, I'd love to sit down with Chris Sutton and and and, and speak to him and say, Chris Sutton, with your two hundred and forty thousand Twitter followers, your BBC show, your profile as a professional pundit on BT Sport, and everything else that goes along with it. Why is it you've got a right to say that Neil Lennon should get sacked or or shouldn't see out his employment a few days after you criticise Celtic season tickets holders for holding up a banner saying the same thing? Why why is what why is what they yeah. your profile's bigger and you don't pay to be at the game? So within a couple of days, that's how quickly these guys. That's how much you know Chris Sutton, Celtic legend, all all the rest of it. But that's how much these guys really care about the opinion of the club. They don't. They, they they've got their allegiances toward Neil Lennon as a friend and their personal and public profile. Yeah. But to criticise Celtic season ticket holders for holding up a banner, then a couple of days later, basically they say the same thing, and, and say it was disrespectful to hold up the banner. But when you go onto Twitter with your hundreds of thousands of followers and millions of people listening to your radio show and say the same thing, it, it doesn't stack up. And you're right, Stephen. These guys are tying themselves in knots with this one, aren't they? Yeah, and it's it's swung between 
insulting, to be perfectly honest. Like, again, just this week, this is even before Sparta. So I think the Celtic fans have been more than lenient, more than tolerant, right, of what they've put up with this week. This is all before Sparta. So we ignored all of that. We ignored Martin O'Neill coming out and blaming bowling goalie and COVID oh, and all that God kind of stuff, I, right? Again, geez, we're still, it's still just building. <laughs> it's building and building, right? Then we go and get tanked off Sparta. Still nothing. Still everybody's raging, right? But there's still no up there. And then, and then we've got things like there was talk, the talk of the Zoom call about how there was unequivocal backing. They were all in fully support of it. So again, the fans have been told, whatever you say, you're not being listened to. We don't care what you say. We're sticking with this guy. We're sticking with the status quo. And that's it, right? So again, the fans just need to swallow it and, get, and just get on with it. And then there's all this stuff about how Neil Lennon comes out and says he knows how to win title races. So again, everybody's like, oh, right, brilliant fighting talk. And then they go out and get gubbed off Ross County. Yeah. So it has spilled over. It has spilled over. (laughs) If anyone didn't see it coming, go and read the last week's worth of news coming out of Celtic. A picture will be painted for you as to why people have finally lost their patience with us. The the fans merely are getting treated a bit like mugs. Personally, I think, you know, briefing to the press that the manager's got the, the full backing of the board and all that sort of stuff. If, if you want to make that statement as Celtic Chief Executive, you make it. You don't yeah. You don't tell Alice McConnell and Stephen McGowan, with no disrespect to those two journalists who, you know, you don't tell them to put it in their, their, their column the next day. What you do is you go on the Celtic website or you go on Sky Sports yourself and go, look, it's a bad patch, but the manager's got our back. You don't, these these mixed messages and Stephen's, Stephen's spot on. If, if the board were surprised that fans were going to end up in the car park after those two results, then they've, they must be living in cloud cuckoo land and I think Melly that does man up in is this this impression that you get from Celtic and you hear it from Neil Lennon and you hear it from the stuff that Celtic are putting out and you go you know people are just frustrated that maybe you know they're, the, the frustrations that not being able to go to the games are boiling over and all that stuff stuff like it's like it's a fake frustration but this is very very real isn't it? Yes Celtic and Neil Lennon have sort of made this out recently that it's all media driven it's all media driven Neil Lennon's came out and said there's no reason why I should be sacked or there's no reason why I can't turn this around it's not it's Celtic fans sick to the back teeth of Neil Lennon and we spoke about it last week it's now no longer Neil Lennon's fault it's now the board's fault and this was before the Sparta game as Stephen said now Celtic went out and said look they didn't even say we're back in Lennon we had to get it through other sources after that Sparta defeat Peter Law, we know for a fact when something happens at Celtic and they tweet it, he wants to know the Twitter reaction. So the next day after that Sparta game, Celtic went radio silent and didn't yes. tweet anything. Absolutely yeah. pathetic. Pathetic. If you're going to back the guy, come out and say it. Now you've left the fans there with no choice but to do something because the only thing they can do with these restrictions for certain people is go on their social media and say how they feel when you tweet something. You don't tweet anything, so you don't get that. You're taking away the only voice the fans have, which is through social media because of everything that's going on now. We can't get to games. People go up to do a banner. That is completely ignored. You just choose not to say anything. And this is what's going to happen. It's, it's very like earlier this summer when, I don't really want it to link it to politics, but remember when Dominic Cummins got in his car and drove halfway across the country and then the Tories came out and said, yeah. what are you moaning about? He was checking his eyesight. He's not leaving or anything like that. What was the big deal? 
treating people like idiots. This is what the Celtic board are doing. Like we've got their money, we've got their season ticket money. They can't get into the games to say anything. So if we just ignore it and it will go away, well, this is what happens because you you push people into a corner and they're going to come back at you. And this was the only way it could. It obviously would have been better if it, there wasn't the wee scuffles, but I think far too much has been made of 100%, 100%. it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Look, this has been coming. This isn't. The last straw wasn't Sunday. The last straw was weeks and weeks ago. But Celtic chose to just bury their heads in the sand, say it was going to get better. Lennon coming out with all these nonsense about the common room and how the players don't know each other. And we've had a good, powerful chat and there's a good atmosphere about the place. Then you get beat by Ross County. Mate, that was it. That was meant to be the start of this good run you were going on. For how many times have we said that? And the team went out and underperformed worse than they have for the rest of the season just proven they're not behind the manager a team is a reflection of its leadership and look at the leadership at Celtic Neil Lennon at the side of the pitch he's done Scott Brown in the middle of the park he's done and Peter Lawl in the boardroom he's done what a sad state of affairs to be in when I was watching uh, the protests unfold at Celtic Park yesterday uh, and I was thinking on it I was I was speaking to somebody today who said that the the mood inside the the Celtic camp is that they're now they're not going to bow to this so I don't want to call it a sign of aggression but that's how they might characterise what happened at Celtic yeah, they're, they're 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 painted as mob mentality yes, yeah, yeah. That, that's it so they're not going to bow to mob mentality and I initially th- and and I thought you know some of the some of the heavy handed stuff that broke out at Celtic Park yesterday my immediate thought was well that's counterproductive because all that's going to do is the board just simply cannot be seen to be reacting to that and they will not sack Neil Lennon now. Whereas maybe if there wasn't anyone at Celtic Park yesterday and the board felt they were making this decision of their own volition, they, they might have they might have sacked Neil Lennon. So if there was no, no protests, maybe we would we would be having a different conversation just now. But the more I think about it, that's not really Andy's problem but the board. <laughs> if if you need to if it's going to make you look stupid by changing your manager because you waited until it took fans to get outside the stadium. Then that's the board's fault and the and the and the board's problem. Yeah. I was listening to Neil Lennon post match at Ross County, and we'll we'll talk about the Ross County game because that's what brought us here. I was I was listening to Neil Lennon talk about it after the game, and he said maybe we need to look at the way we're defending set pieces. We've been using the, th- the same way for three or four seasons, and maybe that's something I need to change given the opportunity. You know that that result, yeah, that result brought to end um, this league's. This season's League Cup campaign, I think it's the first time since 1958 Celtic have lost four games in a row at home, uh, our first defeat in 36 Cup games. But that that phrase there, that we've been defending set pieces that way for three or four seasons now, and maybe I need to change it given the opportunity. Just that one sentence for me held so much information. Neil Lennon has adopted the Brendan Rodgers way of defending set pieces, whatever that way might be. So that tells me how many, how much of his new ideas has he put on the team? How many of his new ideas has he actually got? It's evident for weeks now, Melly, we've been saying in this podcast, and Neil Lennon said it after the game, it's been evident for weeks now, maybe months, that our defending at set pieces is awful. So does he have the wherewithal to change it? Or is this, or is he just simply not, Does he? can he simply not think up a better way than this way that Brendan Rodgers introduced four years ago that's not working? That was such a peculiar turn of phrase to me. And then when he said at the end, if I'm given the opportunity, this wasn't to the press, this was to Celtic TV, this was to the in-house media. So he obviously knows, he obviously knows that his days are numbered. But that game yesterday was, was nothing short of shambolic. From the management 
to the players on the pitch as well. I'm not letting the players get away free on this one. I, I, absolutely no, no. not. There was players on that pitch who were an absolute disgrace to the Celtic jersey. And I just want to say to the players, you know, if I had the opportunity, is this how you want to go? Is this how you want? Is it, Are you going to relinquish every trophy as easily as you gave up the League Cup this season? Just on what you're saying about Lennon, saying about, or oh, maybe it's about time I change the set pieces because we're doing it. We've been doing it for so many years now. Again, just passing the buck. Oh, this is this is for first Brendan Rodgers. This isn't me that's doing this. This is how Brendan Rodgers done it. I've just continued Brendan Rodgers and it's not working for us. No, Neil, you're the manager. And see you say now when we're nearly in December that you want to change it. It was meant to change six weeks ago when we were conceding goals from set pieces then. Since then, we've conceded a goal from a set piece in every single game. So it's not on anymore. And again with the Ross County goals. One down the right-hand side, cut ball across, give away a seventh penalty of the season, and the second goal, across from a corner and a free header, a knock-on and a free header. Don't blame the players on this, because if it was going to get fixed, it'd have been fixed weeks ago, because you fix it on the training field. You don't wait till after a match, after the sixth, seventh game where it's went wrong, go, or maybe I should change things now. It's not the time to change it now. The time to change it was weeks ago, and you've had that. You've tried different players. You've tried different formations. It's no working. Just to pick up on what you said, Melly, see if Neil Lennon thinks that, you know, he's passing the buck by saying that I'm only doing what Brendan Rodgers used to do. He's way, he's way wide of the mark. That, to me, is an alarm bell. That, yeah, that to me, is, I can't imagine, season. I can't imagine any other football manager coming in and just straight adopt maybe it happens all the time in fact I'm doing what I've, I've seen a lot of and heard a lot of people do recently a lot of people are speculating without any knowledge at all what happens at Celtic training a lot of people saying the training's taking a nosedive the professionalism's taking a nosedive they don't work on shape they don't work on this nobody knows so maybe this is something that happens all the time in football but I've never heard another football manager say oh, I'm just doing what the last guy done to be honest with you I've never heard that well, before one and it's a parallel I've been drawn for oh, quite no, some time. Oh, no, you're going to mention Manu again? Per- yep, oh, my. the only other person oh. I've ever heard talking in these terms is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and he got pelters for it. He got absolutely pelters for it because when he came in, he just kept talking about the 90s. He kept talking about Alex Ferguson and his, you know, the, he kept calling him the gaffer. He didn't use his parking space and all that kind of thing because out of respect for the gaffer. And he got pelters for it. So he's the only other guy I've ever t- heard talking about how the our previous manager's methods. It, it's absolutely ridiculous to be to be talking, to be dragging that up after all this time. It makes absolutely no sense other than to pass the buck. And Melly, you've been mentioning quite a bit recently about how you've noticed that Neil Lennon is constantly on about his players, talking to him very much as if it's it's us and them. Like it's us. <laughs> he talks about unity, but he also talks about the coaching staff. And then there's the players. They need my support. They need. They know they can be better than this. They know they can play better. There's never. There isn't there an ounce of responsibility being taken until after the Ross County game, where it was no longer. You, you can't ignore it anymore. And he, I think he made mention of falling well short of expectations. But other than that, it has just been thrown, not overtly, but it's just constantly having very, very subtle digs at the players about how lazy and unprofessional they are. And it's it's just been, again, another thing that's probably made the fans... Fans aren't stupid. By and large, fans aren't stupid. that They're not going to sit and listen to all this bollocks that we've been fed and eventually not lose their, their rag. And that's exactly what's happened. Just on the, the, the comments about the players, Alan Stubbs made... Uh, you know, Alan Stubbs, obviously being a manager himself sounded to me like he recognised the, the predicament that Neil Lennon was in with respect to the players and Alan Stubbs said after the game speaking very honestly to be honest it sounded like he was sort of partly making a pitch for the Celtic job himself 
Aye. not hope in hell. Um, but he, he sort of he was sort of saying Neil Neil's in a difficult spot here. The players are on the very edge, and if he hammers the players, then he knows he's going to lose them. And and that's what Neil Lennon's trying to do. He's just trying to keep the spirits up and in the hope that he doesn't lose these players. But I think mainly the Celtic board. Or, or the Celtic, everyone involved in Celtic is trying to make us believe that what we're living in at the moment is an alternative reality never once seen before in football management where, where everything's going wrong with the team, but it's not the manager's fault. You know, all these things are going wrong. And never, you know, never in football has anyone ever said before, you know, they can't defend, they can't score goals, the players are unfit, there's this, there's that, but it's not the manager's fault. It's some unknown, untangible thing culture at the club that's caused this it's not the guy in charge yeah Stephen spoke about it I think it was last week it feels like Celtic are gaslighting him like no you're you're getting this all wrong it's not the team it's not the management it's you that's not enjoying this you're entitled you you're the one seeing this wrong but Stephen also spoke about it as well that Neil Lennon has come out and contradicted himself so many times in his post-match. He's done it this week again. Neil Lennon, this season, so far, has questioned the players saying they don't want to be here. Now, he came out and said that. He didn't name specific players. He just threw them all under the bus at the first opportunity he got when we went out of the Champions League. He since went on every single interview and questioned their attitude, their professionalism, their mindset their character. Imagine your boss at your work coming out and saying that to you and then expecting you to go perform from it. It's always they. It's never we. For all Brendan Rodgers' faults, he'd come out after the game and it was always we. We will work harder. We'll find solutions. We'll go and work out this in the training pitch. Neil Lennon firstly just blames the players. It's always attitude, professionalism, lazy all that sort of thing. And then he comes out after the Ross County game and says, the players need my support. That's a bit late for that, Neil, because you're the one that's put the players in this position. Yeah. You're the one that's not training them properly. You're the one that's questioned them wanting to be here. You've questioned their attitude and their professionalism. And now you want to come out and give them support. I don't think that's going to work, mate. See, uh, just on the players, and I'm glad you brought that up, Melly. Uh, uh, let's Neil Lennon's had it right. Neil Lennon's been hammered by us in this podcast for weeks. We've we've more or less made our mind up that you know a change of management is probably the only way to rescue this season, and it's rescue a season that is at the moment rescuable. This season is rescuable, so let's let's put a pin in that. All is not lost here, um, and the league is not won not by a long shot. Rangers have not won this league. Um, they will drop points. We have we have enough quality there. Should we get our act together to beat them as many times as we want? Because that team has done it before. But we're at a crossroads now where a decision has to be made if you want to rescue the season. But Neil Lennon's had it. But let's talk about the players. That Ross County game, you've got Christopher Julien, who's just came back in the team after losing his place to Shane Duffy, making a schoolboy error. But just an, an, an absolute basic, basic schoolboy error. Um, not paying attention and giving away a penalty. So he let he let himself down and he let the team down that day. Ayer and a lot of the players defending that second goal. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. El Hamed. I don't know what's up with that guy. He's Is he in the huff because he doesn't get played regularly enough? Because he should be champing at the bit to make an impression. But we've dropped Frimpong, we've bought El Hamed in. He was abject. And he was more than abject, he was a coward. He took the easy option every single time. Mm. Every single time. Bar maybe once or twice. Odson Edward. Seeing unless it's a perfect bot his feet. He wasn't interested. He's he's not there. Albina Yeti, 
are you fit or you not? You're here to get your career back on track. See nothing from Albin Ayeti in the last couple of weeks. So whilst we know the managers to blame, there's a lot of players let, letting the manager down there. And if you want to go back to the Sparta game, and we'll talk about that later on when we talk about the Europa League, the, the same names were cropping up again. So the players here, Stephen, have got to take their share of the blame. Now, I don't want the players thinking, I don't want a Ronnie Dyla situation where the players think, if we just keep the keep our head down and keep our mouth shut, this guy's going to get the sack and we'll be fine after it. Because that, that can't work like that here. Not if we lose this league. The reason I, I don't think that's probably going to happen is because I doubt that any player with any great influence over the team, with the exception of maybe Scott Brown and Callum McGregor, sees his future at Celtic anyway. So I don't really think if that would be a factor, I don't really think it's a case of... No, I mean for our point of view, I mean, I mean for the, our point of view, for the fans' point of view, what I don't want is to create an atmosphere where every bad result, every bad game, that the, the cannons are just turned on Neil Lennon and after the match no one ever analyses what happens with the players and how poor their performance is. I don't mean in the grand scheme of things. Well, I do mean the grand scheme of things as well, but there's been an awful lot of chat about the manager, but almost none about the players that are letting this team down and they are culpable. Maybe, but I've seen a lot of people saying it's the players' fault as well. But that this is the this is what happens with the cult of Neil Lennon. Is the, is the thing is there will be a, a lot of people still defending him, but, and it will be a kind of backlash against the backlash thing. But a lot of people will have seen the events of last night, not like that at all, and thought, right, well, this is this is the players' fault. I've even seen in Cham copping it today, and what, he didn't play, he didn't play against Ross County. So th- there's there's no doubt. As much as I'm joking about this, there's no doubt the players are more than culpable for this as well because they're they're absolutely not. They're not turning up in a professional manner. As much as it doesn't help that Neil Lennon keeps saying that about them, I don't think it helps the situation to constantly be told you're lazy, you're unfit, you're unprofessional and all that kind of thing because there's only so many times you'll hear that without you actually, you start to believe it. But what comes first the, the thing though? about this the players is, as well. What comes first though, Stephen? Like what comes, does, Neil Lennon's no coming out. I'm, I'm not defending Neil Lennon here, right? I want people to have two thoughts in their head at one time. But, you don't get Christopher Iyer or Christopher Julian or Shane Duffy or Olivia Cham or any player you want to name having a great game and then the manager comes out and goes, that was a lazy performance by him. What I'm saying is a lot of the criticism that Neil Lennon has levelled at the players, I think's justified. I, I honestly do. Yeah, maybe the way, maybe he shouldn't be doing it. Maybe that's what being a manager is. Maybe being a manager is looking at someone who's been absolutely shite and not just coming out and going, he was shite today. But a lot of the... Do it, you do it in the dressing room. You don't come out in public and do it. Yeah, and whilst I agree with that, it's, some of the criticisms have been spot on and there's players out there who we should have let go in the summer. These guys that wanted to leave, that Neil Lennon knows wanted to leave, we should have let them go because it's, it's no working. I don't really want to defend the players, but... Because they haven't been good enough, but I, we're on here every week and say it. There's not one player on form. There's not one player, and that is not a single player's fault. That is not two or three players. Every single player has been taken out now because Cal McGregor was dropped for the first time at the weekend. Every single player has had a spell out, and somebody else has been in, and it's not improved anything. If you're in any sort of job and you don't like your manager, don't like what he's doing, it is very difficult to get motivated. If that manager then is saying to you, right, here's what you do, and he's telling you to do something, and you're like, oh, I'm not really sure about that, because what if this happens? He's like, I'll just go out and do it, and see when you do that, get the get the ball to here, and then just go for there, right? See if you don't believe you have been given the tools to do your job, and then you go out and do your job, and the manager slates you in front of everybody because you're not doing your job properly, 
time after time, that is going to grind down on you. And that is what's happened at Celtic. Now, the players should be professional enough to go out and perform better. But if you're looking at the sidelines, and that is what you've got. There was one point, I mentioned it on the match reaction, where Celtic went down, the the ball came into the box, Odson Edward turns and has a shot, and it just goes over the bar. Now, Odson Edward has not been on form. Neil Lyons came out and said about he's uh, recovering from COVID. When the camera went panned in on Odson Edward, it looked to me like he looked over at the dugout. And when the camera went to the dugout, as soon as the shot was hit, Neil Lennon just turned away and walked into the dugout. Now, if I'm Odson Edward having a tough time and I'm looking at my dugout, looking for the my leader after I miss a chance, again, I'll mention him. Brendan Rogers would always be a wee clap away, come on, try and G him up. Neil Lennon used to do that. He's not even doing that. He's just turned his back on his player and walked away into a dugout. Like, what sort of leadership is that? Are you going to be going, well, I'm just going to knock my pan in now to try and save this guy because I'm not getting anything from him. The players aren't getting anything from him and he's not getting anything from the players. It has to stop. And look, the players haven't been good enough, but I keep coming back to it. Why are none of them playing well? They go on international breaks and they're playing well and then they come back here and they can't perform. Yeah. That is a massive problem. And it's it's just, it's, I, I, you know, I just wanted to put, I'm not saying that, you know, this is the player's fault. It's absolutely the manager's fault because everything feeds into the manager. And as you say, Melly, if the whole team aren't playing well, then it's then it's down to the manager. And Can what, I just jump in there as well about what you said about Christopher Julian and the mistake he makes? It's a schoolboy mistake. But why does that happen? Because Ross County go down our right-hand side again and the guy has a clear run to cross the ball into the danger area. Now, Every single goal we are conceding is either from a set piece or down the right-hand side. So if that's happening all the time, you do something to stop it. Neil Lennon hasn't done anything to stop it. So if Julian knows we are conceding goals from that way and he sees a guy bombing down the left, he's going to panic because this is how it's been going the whole season. Celtic get themselves in a panic. He doesn't know where the striker is. His centre-half partner, Christopher Ayer, there's no fans there. Tell him where that guy is running because Julian has a look, sees him, the guy checks his run and that's where he loses him. Ayer doesn't open his mouth to tell him and all these individual errors are systemic of this team not having a structure because that ball down the left opens it up, the players all panic and this is what happens because it keeps happening every single time. See, on the structure of things, I was saying to you guys that I'd, I'd watch back the the Sparta highlights before we, we took to the mics here highlights and it is honestly even staggering. Highlights. <laughs> <laughs> highlights. There's extended highlights if anyone wants to treat themselves on BT app. Um, I, 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 think, I found it astonishing how panicked Celtic get as soon as the ball crosses a halfway line. It's like everyone just piles forward and then all of a sudden the ball crosses a halfway line. One punt up the pitch from Sparta and everyone is all over the place. Absolutely all over the place. All at sea. On at least two occasions, I saw Callum McGregor turn around and think, oh shit, well I need to do this now. I need to like get myself back and be the last man. Yeah. For the fourth goal, and I know we weren't, we weren't meant to be talking about this Barra Bragg game yet, but for the fourth goal, he's the last man after Scott Bain. But we've been saying like, it for weeks. Just takes himself Callum McGregor, the game. He's, he's trying to do everything. Yeah. We've been saying it for weeks. Callum McGregor is trying to do everything. There's, there's no doubt, you know, we talk about Julian, we just Neil Lennon brought him in brought him back from, from his injury it looks like Shane Duffy's out in the cold completely there's talk about him going back down the road in January Neil Lennon is trying everything he possibly can to get a tune out of this team there's, there's, he's not one of these guys who you know I, I said last week that I think Neil Lennon's going to be like the, the captain of the Titanic going out, going down in the old good ship Frimpong just keep playing Frimpong losing goals losing goals keep playing but he's not 
he, he took Frimpong out of the team. There was a lot of changes f- for that game against Ross County. He's trying to ring the changes, but he's not getting a bounce, Melly. He's not. He changed formation again, 3-5-2. For, we'll get uh, Edward and Ayeti up front on paper. That should look great on grass. It doesn't. And again, in the midfield, I worried about the game yesterday when I seen the lineup because you've got El Hamid and Laxalt as your wing-backs. Now, if you're playing a 3-5-2 with wing-backs, your wing-backs need to be attacking. They need to be good at... They need to be pacing and get to the byline and get balls across or they need to get balls from deep. El Hamid doesn't really do that. He's more of a defensive right-back rather than a wing-back. And on the other side, Laxalt, for all his good tackling and all that, he's terrible going forward. Absolutely terrible. He doesn't deliver any sort of good crosses. He doesn't get past players and get to the byline. So I worried there that where are we going to create from the wide areas? So I thought if we get it into midfield... You've got Scott Brown there in there for some reason. Lennon again going on about Ryan Christie playing three games in a week for Scotland. Play Scott Brown three games in a week. But ahead of him, you've got Christie and Rogic. So you've got a team that contains Christie, Rogic, Ayeti and Edward. And before Ross County get the penalty, Celtic had nothing. After Ross County get the penalty, Celtic had nothing. Again, we go in at half time. There's absolutely no reaction from the players when they get back out in the second half. Even with all that talent in the pitch. They don't pass the ball fast enough as well. That's another criticism. They just do not pass the ball fast enough. It's far too ponderous and Neil Lennon has to find a way to fix that. There's been a lot made about half-time because I think the the general feeling was that we had to have the Kilmarnock moment. We had to go in and have the Kilmarnock team talk yeah. from, well, was it 2011 or whatever, whatever the case may be, right? So back, way back then when the Neil Lennon saved his career <laughs> the first time. Yeah, yeah, back in the, the past. Um, the olden days. So there was a lot of talk about that. But when, see when they came out in the second half, see for about 90 seconds, I thought they actually looked a lot more, like a lot quicker and more aggressive. But the thing was, there was nothing at the end of it. It was all just, right guys, we're going to get out there and get stuck into them. We're going to run about daft. And it lasted for all of about a minute and a half until they got as far as the Ross County box and then thought, all right, the problem here isn't running about. It's not being able to break this team down and... We haven't talked about that at all, have we, at halftime? That, that's what it looked like to me. It, but the team talk was probably just, right, we need up the tempo, we need to get the ball out wide, we need to do this. And I don't know if there was any focus on ideas How or, to do it. with which to break that team down. Yeah, n- nothing at all. So it lasted a painfully short period of time before going back to being very, very slow again. Yeah, Stephen, it only lasted 90 seconds. And even when Jamie's already spoke about it, Neil Lennon tries to change it again. Subs, weird. You're a goal down and you bring off a striker, put on a midfielder. I get the point that he's trying to change to a back four, but again, weird subs. And then he change it again and bring on Shane Duffy and put Christopher Ayer at right back and bring on Klamala. The subs were all over Klamala the place. It, it, there was no cohesion. They had no clue what they were doing. And if anything, the longer the game went on, the more likely it looked like Ross County would get a second goal. And what they did from a set piece, shock horror. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. 
Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before the game, we tweeted out, just fucking win. And I wasn't right. kid. I wasn't. I wasn't joking when I tweeted that. That's all we. That's all you needed to do. Just by hook or by crook, just win. Don't lose the game. And it, they just couldn't manage it. They could. That was a puzzle that Neil Lennon couldn't solve with everything at his disposal. And that is the problem. And that is us out of the League Cup now. So no treble. It's basically a free run for Rangers. I don't see anyone left in the tournament that can really take anything off them. It was really up to us to do it if we were going to do it. And that, that's that. So we'll just put the League Cup in the bin. Forget about it. That, that that tournament was lost at a whimper without so much as a fight. Well, see that, Jamie. See, before we move away from that entirely, right? I know that the this league is ultimately savable at this point, right? But time is running out on yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Because... People are fond of telling us or telling everyone, right? All the bedwetters, you know, all the bedwetters and entitled fans, right? People are fond of telling them that nothing's won in November, but we're out of three competitions by November. So look at the damage that has been done between August and November. Don't tell me nothing happens in November. We've gone out of three competitions and we've gone 11 points behind in the league. Yes, circumstances play a part in that, but those are the absolute facts. So let's stop right now. Let's take stock of the damage that's been done in that short period of time before we start talking about how the second half of the season is going to be perfect. That That's impossible yeah. at this stage unless we make big changes. Yeah, I don't see... I, I just... I mean, I hate to say I told you so, but how long have we been talking about Ronnie Dyla this season? How many times has that name been mentioned on this podcast? About, about just... If you think this team are going to magically turn it around by changing nothing... Um, I honestly feel that this Celtic team at the moment are at the stage where you either change the manager, right? Or if Neil Lennon's your guy, you need to sell or get rid of half a dozen players and bring in half a dozen players that actually want to play for the guy. It's, and that, it's takes that. Us to, 
that takes it back to another manager, Mowbray, and that didn't work either, yeah. did it? No, no, and it and it very really yeah. does. Yeah. It very really does. Given Neil Lennon new toys to play with, doesn't necessarily go to turn him into a doctor or whatever. That analogy I can shoe on <laughs> in there. <laughs> Mowbray's a good example, by the way. Mowbray is a good example of what's going on here because if we're not careful here, if we don't make the changes that need to be done, and as I say, we just let more months tick by, more points dropped more getting pumped at Ibrox let's face it that's, there's every chance of that coming this season could very fast turn into one of those disastrous seasons that they talk about for decades this could be a Mowbray season oh. this could be one of those things that we were talking about ruin 20 years from now we're looking back on that season that was an absolute disaster oh, it, it, this is what it looks and like and it won't even take this that is what even it looks just like losing, when it starts to end aye, just losing the league yeah. is enough just losing the league is enough blowing yeah. 10 in a row is enough 100% you're talking about Tony Mowbray he had a win percentage before he got sacked of 51.11% Ronnie Dyla, win percentage, I'm just going to round them up now to save talking, 64%. Gordon Strachan, 65%. Brendan Rogers, 69% or 70%. Neil Lennon, his first term, 70%. Neil, Neil Lennon, cumulatively, over his second term was 72%. But Neil Lennon's win rate in all competitions this season is 45%. That is well below, well below where Ronnie Dyer Remember, was. remember two wins in November. Yeah. Well, oh dear, don't, don't make that a thing. Another competition that we're out of is obviously the Europa League. That's another competition we've went out of without any sort of fight whatsoever. But the good thing is, and I'm sure Neil Lennon will be looking to this, that we've got, uh, we travel to Milan midweek to play to play AC Milan, who... A gimme? Yeah, a gimme for them. They'll be looking at us as the whipping boys of the group because that's exactly what we are. I think they, if they spank us, they get through top of the table. So they'll be looking at this like one that they're just going to absolutely roller coaster right over the top of us. Um, like the goat in Jurassic like, Park. Are we the goat? In we Jurassic are not Park the goat as the yeah. greatest of all time. We are the goat that was fed to the T Rex in Jurassic Park. And we weren't even that against AC. We're not even that against AC Milan. That is exactly how Sparta Prague viewed us. Um, yeah. We went to Sparta yet again. Another game with another point to prove, another opportunity to turn it around, another opportunity to save some face and have a little bit of revenge, as Callum McGregor said pre-game. Just never never happened. Uh, another humiliation that has been almost forgotten about because we suffered another humiliation against Ross County a couple of days later, Melly. Yeah, I went to do some self-torture the day like Stephen and re-watch the highlights and obviously typed in 4-1 Sparta Prague and I clicked on the video and the game on Thursday didn't come up no the other game where we get pumped 4-1 came uh, up clicked on the wrong one Google was like oh which one really which 4-1 which because I, I looked at Neil Lennon's comments after that first game and he said this won't happen again and it did happen again it exactly was utterly abysmal yeah. and do you know what's the worst part of it at one point in that game we took the lead we had we had the initiative in the game and still went out and conceded four simple goals in Europe again. We spoke about it last season, remember Stephen, we mentioned it again against Sarajevo. Me and you were speaking about it after the game. We said, all it takes is one pass and you can cut Celtic right open through the middle. Well, that still happens. Plus we concede from crosses and we concede from set pieces. So it's just all added into this cauldron of dung that Celtic find themselves in right <laughs> cauldron now. Cauldron of dung. <laughs> <laughs> it all started so well as you said took the lead but even within the first minute Celtic put together an absolutely great move down the right hand side and the keeper just got to it first uh, as Edward approached the, the six yard box it started so well and I thought oh do you know what we're going to get a bit of revenge here this is <laughs> this is where we kick start our season oh but how many times have I said that recently we kick starting the old season 
No, it was, joking aside, that it was an absolute disaster. Once again, an absolute shambles. And, you know, we don't really want to go back down the old path of talking about what gets managers sacks and all that, right? But we, we said it on various reaction podcasts that winning two games in 10, although it was nine at this stage in the Sparta game, in fairness, winning two games out of 10 would be enough to put any manager under pressure, never mind that a team that basically need to win all the time with Celtic. If you're the manager of... I don't know, take a pick, Sheffield United, and you've gone the first 10 games of the season, but we've only won twice. That's You're going to be under major pressure of your job, never mind the, a club that has all the advantages going, their green and white privilege that, that Celtic <laughs> <title> enjoy. <laughs> so to have surrendered that, another like huge defeat to a team like Sparta Prague was just embarrassing, to be honest. It has gone well beyond. Like I, I think there's... See if you know what I'm talking about here. See if your your football team are crap for a bit, right? There's a sort of shared hilarity. You you kind of share it with your pals. Like, oh, what we like, you're pushing it. Oh, it's murder. Yeah. Us football fans like a good money. It's brilliant, isn't it? But it's gone so far beyond that now, and it, it, it's just pure misery. It's it's honestly just it's tough you, going you just now. See... And that might come across as entitled and all that kind of stuff, but it's not. It's just it's watching your club just deteriorate and disintegrate before your eyes it's not it's nothing to do with demanding that they win absolutely every trophy going you just don't want to feel like your club is over the hill and just rolling down it at an alarming rate and that's what it feels like There's this this entitled thing I want to address that I don't understand yeah. what I don't understand what that means when people say that when you know Celtic fans are coming across entitled why because we want to win the league yeah. I, what what's yeah. the alternative is the alternative for us to say we'll get we'll get to Rangers this season uh, we won it last the last we, few, so we won, we won it last. As far and and Celtic fans may be entitled because they want to win the league, but the people saying this, the journalists saying this, are the same journalists who criticise Celtic for not winning the league. The, the same journalists who write big think pieces and go on the radio and talk about how embarrassing it is for Celtic to not win the league. This entitled patter is nonsensical garbage. Um, spouted by people who have got no idea what it is to follow any sort of football club, not even Celtic, not even Celtic, because you'll hear it from Sunderland fans, or we shouldn't be getting relegated, or Stoke fans, or there is no team in the land whose fans don't want success for their team. So to talk about this entitled stuff is absolute garbage. And if anyone spouts it, they simply have no idea what being a football fan is about, and they've simply no idea what being a Celtic fan is about. Celtic are not entitled. They shouldn't be handed the league. But if these people think that capitulating the way that Celtic are capitulating the league just now and the fans are not going to have a thing to say about it, if they think that's the way football goes, you've not been watching football long enough. No, you've not. And it's a lot of nonsense because if you're looking at Celtic right now, there's a solution. As much as it pains me to say it, the solution four weeks ago was to take out the manager and replace him because it wasn't working. It now feels like the board are just on their wee Zoom calls that how far can we take this? We are absolutely ripping them and nothing's happening. How far can we take it? Look, I don't expect... Well, Celtic should be going out to win every game, but we know they're not going to. But in my lifetime supporting Celtic, when it's been, oh, remember the 90s, it was never this bad. There was never a spell where it was this bad when it looked so bad. Going into that Ross County game, getting beat. It's not about us not accepting mediocrity anymore. This is beyond that. This is utterly devastating for Celtic because it's just going to be December tomorrow and in a few weeks Celtic season could be (laughs) Celtic season could be over 
with five months left to go and it's very difficult being a fan right now not being able to go to the games to support your club but also not being able to vent your frustrations and the board are just taking the piss now because it's gone beyond that. I know we've, we've kind of gone full circle here to talking about the being branded entitled and brats and bedwetters and all that kind of thing, right? But I'm trying to I just talk feel about like Sparta game. I'm all trying my best stuff. to wrangle this podcast. <laughs> I'm a, it's a please, basket. Please don't. It's an absolute basket of cats yeah. here. Basket I feel of bedwetters like, here. It's officially a basket Do you know how, how good I yeah. do? How, here's how good a job I'm doing of ringmastering this podcast. Remember like when those guys are like, they're, they've got the chair and they're like got the lion and then the lion just mauls them and they have no control but they're still yeah. trying to control them. that's basically what's happening to this podcast I think uh, I think I've got has to run around holes. I, I think uh, I've got this podcast yeah, under that, control but you here. two are eating me alive <laughs> just a final thing on what, what Melly's been saying about the, the state of the club and as I said the entitled stuff and all, all I've been talking about I just feel like all of that stuff has just kind of solidified into a big ball of resentment and it has led to people just finally losing their patience it's it's this kind of remember the 90s mentality you know what I mean if anybody complains about anything it's oh you were only there in the 90s you're not a real fan you're not all of that stuff just gets people's backs up and it's it's very very annoying and that and that's kind of what I'm getting at as well when I say that I'm not entitled I just don't want to see my club be a complete farce because yeah. I feel like in terms of mentality, in terms of from the top down, when we're talking about the board, we're talking about the leadership at Celtic and Melly has already spoken about the leadership failing. I feel like Celtic are now, in terms of their mentality, either the smallest big club in the world or the biggest small club in the world. <laughs> yeah. Take your pick. I'm, I'm, no, yeah. I'm no fussy on which one you want of those, but I feel like the fans deserve better than that. And oh, that yeah. is why everyone's annoyed. It's not entitlement. It's, it's a feeling that we're being taken for absolute mugs and... What I said last week still stands. We would put up with a lot of Celtic, but I won't be treated like an absolute idiot. And that's all of the events of this week have led me to feel like that. It's been it's been tough going. I feel like, what was that I said to you the other night? I said that if the analogy of this is that it's car crash watching, the meaning of that being that people know that car crashes are unpleasant, but there's something about the human condition that means you want to look at mm -hmm. it, right? I feel like we've already done that and now we're up the road thinking about how how awful it is. Like we've 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 looked at it and now we're just thinking about the victims and how sad it is. That's the that's the state of mind I've ended up in. It's kinda of how I felt watching the first uh, the first Sparta go. Uh, that was that was a bit like uh, <laughs> a car crash and uh, there was a car crash unfolding as the ball fell to Scott Brown and all the other Celtic players decided to play the role of innocent bystander. Because none of that, and that's what we had. We had a we had a, a box full of innocent bystanders. I'm actually looking at the freeze frame here as the ball comes in. Christopher Julian clears it about. He clears it mostly up in the air, but eight yards well within his own penalty area. The ball is falling between Scott Brown and the boy that eventually shoots towards goal, but doesn't score. Every single other Celtic player is watching the ball at this point, and there are four Sparta players at our back post. Nobody. I mean, nobody has got the gumption to pick any of those lads up. And you might say they got the break of the ball and Callum McGregor was putting them on side, but that was car crash defending from Celtic yet again, Melly. Yeah, it was. And look, see if even if Callum McGregor isn't there and they are flagged for offside, as you said, there's three or four of them in the middle of our goal, ready to shoot, pounce on an opportunity after a corner. It's unbelievable defending it. I can't even call it schoolboy stuff anymore because how do you go from defending a corner, one guy heads it, to you all just looking at a ball? 
And in the middle of their goal, where everybody's been, there's four players waiting to from the opposite team and nobody around them. Uh, see, before you talk about that, other see, like, before we go on, because I mean, there's so much to talk about in this game. If you want to talk about the defending, what was your favourite? Uh, what was your favourite defensive foul? Or was it that, or was it the second goal <laughs> where the boy comes down the their right hand side? Callum McGregor turns his back on the cross. Christopher Iyer and Julian both just decide to leave it. And Scott Bain also decides yeah. to leave it and it just runs to the back post even and the boy taps it in. That he couldn't, I bet that boy couldn't believe his luck. He was the only, yeah, only well, guy in the penalty area and he scored. Yeah, Ayer leaves it all together and then I think what happens after that is the rest of the defence think, well, Ayer must know something we don't, so we'll leave it as well. <laughs> there must be a reason he's left this ball completely alone, so we'll not touch it either and it falls to the one guy at the back post. Scott Bain leaves it as well. He's but, no interested. He thinks, well, if everybody else is leaving it, I'm not putting my, putting my hands on this either. Uh, it's comical stuff and as I said earlier, it is astonishing how easy it is to completely rattle this Celtic team defensively. All it takes is a basic speculative ball across the box and nobody has one iota of a clue was, on what they're supposed to do with On it. that occasion, it was absolutely Christopher Iyer. And you could see El Hamed, Julian and Bain all gave Christopher Iyer pelters. I don't know what he was thinking. I really don't know what he was thinking. But that is the kind of mental goal, Melly, that you see one of those a season against us. You see one of them a season. But we're seeing... To a game, every game, for months. Yeah, and it's something that, again, we've spoke about so many times, individual errors, but in that one, you've got your, the ball's not cut out, the ball's not closed down for a start. I don't know, are we a team that sit in? Are we a team that press? I don't know anymore because I don't see either of those things. The cross doesn't get stopped. Ayer doesn't cut it out. Julian doesn't cut it out. It's in the six-yard box. That is your goalkeepers as well. And El Hamed's let a guy go as well. So you're basically looking at your whole back line being at fault there. That's not individual. That is not individual. That is a that is a team thing and it's just not on anymore. As Stephen said, one cross, that's all it takes to get at this team. It's not even a cross. It doesn't even need to be a cross from a, a, a Sparta team that can flamox a Celtic defensive line because a cross from our own and the Sparta box is what resulted in the third goal. You know, Sparta clear the ball, we header it. You know, we win the header deep inside the Sparta half. But by the time that Sparta clear the ball, they've already got four guys on the run in our half. So we're outnumbered immediately. We don't react to them clearing the ball. We just sit back. He comes into the box and then your boy at the back post has got an absolute tap in. Just again, Melly, Sparta players find themselves completely unmarked in the box. It's, we're not even making it difficult for them at this point, are we? No, but it's sixes and sevens. It's it's at the point where there's no point in us having a corner because Ryan Christie cannot cross it and it's more dangerous for us getting a corner because we might concede from it than it is for us. To, there's more chance for us conceding from a corner than scoring from it now. It's abysmal. There is very little about this team that is good right now because... I can't see anything. We've got good players out there, but they're not performing. And even doing the basics right... We're wide open every time in Europe. You're going to get caught out in Scotland, which we're getting caught out now. But when you go into Europe and do this, it is unbelievable. Shout out to Callum McGregor and Olivia and Cham on the, the third goal, by the way, just to say because um, Callum McGregor didn't anticipate the ball dropping and left it in midfield to first batter to pick up. And the guy that eventually scored the goal ran from maybe 15 yards beside Olivia and Cham. And Olivia and Cham just had a good view of him <laughs> all times just running right into the box and admittedly it might be one of those ones Stephen where where you're saying what Julian done was was think okay Ayer's going to get this and then by the time it comes to him he's late to react and everyone's sort of expecting someone else so 
Encham being charitable to Encham is probably thinking, well, this guy's going to pass me. We're miles away from the box. It's three on one up there. We're going to win the ball That's back. That's generous, man. It's generous on his behalf. Because what I'm saying, I'm criticising him for that. I'm saying to him, we're mm. at the stage now in Cham where you can't be taking these chances. Yeah. You need to say to yourself, I'm going to do everything I can to stop this. Not, right. I hope yeah. someone else stops it. You can't be thinking like that because at the end of the day, it's European football. You will get punished for mistakes. And look, people have said it about Cham. I've tried to defend them, but that's indefensible now. You cannot just let a guy run off you and just not look like you care because that's exactly what it looked like there. The guy has got a free shot in the box because you simply haven't tracked him. That's the basics. That is what is expected to give 100% and it just didn't look like he'd done that there. One thing I did not want to let go in this game though, we're talking about all the hilarity surrounding the... I think there may be three times I've used the word hilarity on this podcast. That's that's kind of what we need. We need... (laughs) Need a break from this. But the the nonsense surrounding these goals. But what about Edward Sitter? Oh. That, I mean, we're, we're criticising in Jam here, but his work for, for setting up that chance was absolutely brilliant. He, he cut it back. And Edward, for some reason, shot and sat down at the same time. In the same movement, he sat down while he was shooting. And I can't get my head around why he did that. He was under no pressure whatsoever. He just kicked both of his legs out from underneath him and shot. I, I don't know what the hell he was doing. Special shout out to Scott Bain. It was becoming pretty obvious as we were talking about on this podcast that that just wasn't working out. Barkas had to make a return to the team. And whether it was going to happen sooner or later, it definitely had to happen after Scott Bain had the what's the goalie day in moment for the fourth Sparta goal. A big punt up there. There was two. There, there was, there oh, was right there before, was before that. Yeah, yeah, remember. yeah. You're quite I, right, get, I, he passed it straight to the attacker as well and then had to kind of fall on it and just inside the box. That was absolutely incredible as well. By that time, the game's a bogey. It was a big punt up the park, one-on-one, and Scott Bain thought, I don't know what he was thinking. I honestly don't know what he was thinking. So an ignominious defeat for Celtic in the Europa League there means that we've got a dead rubber against Milan and yet another tournament that is out. We're out of. We're out of the League Cup. We're in still kind of somewhat in touch and distance of the league we've got a beleaguered manager we've got players who aren't performing all over the pitch our problems are vast and many and I suppose let's to, to put a bookend in this because it does kind of feel like it's coming ahead with Neil Lennon now where do we go moving forward for me I think Neil Lennon got the vote of confidence He's had a game or two since then. I can't remember as things are moving so quickly, but the Ross County game was definitely just another sign that things are not improving. There was no sign of improvement there at all. No reason. If if you if you had any thoughts about sacking Neil Lennon and you voted in confidence to keep him on, to, to give him extra time, there was no sign of anything in the Ross County game that would encourage me to, to, to keep Neil Lennon on. I think the mood music around Celtic is going to change very quickly. With Neil Lennon, uh, I don't see any way of backing this out. As much as I want to, we just need to operate in, in the world of reality here. The managers don't turn this around. They, don't, this, they, no. they no. don't turn this around. I've never witnessed it in the history of watching football, a manager turn something like this around. It's gone so far, you make a good point, so yeah. deep and so bad. You make a good point because you see when you talk about the vote of confidence, that always comes in a period of like, pressure for a manager. And why the cliche is that it always leads to a second is because they never turn it around. They get the vote of confidence and then two weeks later they get sacked anyway because they don't turn it around. See, for anyone complaining like about the... Again, just to go back, a final thing on the, the protest, right? Yes, that happened. But can anyone take all your reservations about it aside about the, the scuffles with police, the, 
the talk about how we're in a, a tier four lockdown, so people shouldn't be gathering. Right, the, these are valid, but they are distractions from the message that needs to be delivered. Because what we're left with is that these things never turn around. Can anyone give me any examples of how it got to this stage with fans and they were all wrong? No, no, you can't. You can you can argue and toss all you like about where, where, how you should go about it, how you what are the best ways to get your message across. But when in football history is anyone wrong? In this case, when are the, uh, I'm not going to speak for the entire fan base, but I think we can all broadly agree, anyone listening to this as well, that it is a significant chunk of the fan base. There are people out there who don't agree with second Lennon, right? But there is a growing sense that he has to go. When has it ever been the case that a fan base has been wrong? I, I, I can't think of any. I'm sure there will be, yeah, but I, very, very m- rare. Maybe Mourinho, Manu again, going back to Manu under Mourinho. Yeah. They kind of wanted rid of him, didn't they? And yeah. he, it turns out he worked miracles with that side. Even going back to the Manu thing, you've just spoken about Mourinho, but going back to Solskjaer and look, maybe Manu are sticking with him because it's Solskjaer and all that. But see, when he's get his back against the wall, he comes up with a result. And you think, oh, maybe the players are playing yeah. or he'll get a couple of results, then a bad result will happen. But with Celtic now, it's getting to the Ross County one. We think we'll win this and then we'll go and get smashed by any decent team. We didn't even win that one. We didn't even win the gimme. It's too far. I, I've i never seen a football manager, as far as I can remember, maybe maybe Mourinho's done this as well to bring him up again, um, come out in front of a camera and say, I can't turn this around. No. Uh, football managers are always going to back themselves so if you're expecting Neil Lennon like these post-match preference conferences if you're expecting Neil Lennon to come out and say it's just not the done thing to say I resign it's just it just never really happens I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in the next week or so that Neil Lennon was maybe asked to resign that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise yeah. me um, you save know, face save face if he was sat down in front of the board and the board went to him look it's not working do you want to resign? Because we want to try and bring someone else in. Um, just on this note about bringing someone else in, if the Celtic board want to return to managers of the past, managers of your, or anyone associated with Celtic, right? If, if, if that's where the Celtic board want to go with this, that's failure. 100% failure. Going back to Gordon Strachan, it's failure. Going back to Martin O'Neill, it's failure. Um there are managers out there, names I've heard that, that, that have been sounded out, although I don't know how true they are. Uh, Alex Neal at, at Preston North End. Doesn't really set the header alight for me, to be perfectly honest with no. you. One name that rings a distant bell is Jack Ross at Hibs. I remember he was singled out for praise by Brendan Rodgers whilst he was at Alloa. I would be amazed yeah. if Jack Ross isn't on, on Celtic's radar. He knows the league. He's right on our doorstep. It seems like the sort of appointment Celtic will make. You're laughing, Stephen, because you thought I was about to say knows the city. <laughs> I would be sur- yeah. it's, it's it's a name that n- not my first choice but if I'm putting my Peter Law hat on it seems like someone that the Celtic board might go and employ um, but I just I, I, I cannot see Neil Lennon being in the dugout for the Rangers game I just can't see it I think it's looking like now he'll get the Milan game and then we'll get beat and that'll be that hopefully but if the board as you say do go back to Strachan we're in this a situation where we've went back to a manager, a previous manager, and it hasn't worked. We are now, if we went for Gordon Strachan, we would be going for a guy whose last club job was before we first appointed Neil Lennon. What is the thinking behind that? It is utterly crazy if Gordon Strachan's <laughs> name is... If he comes anywhere near it, it's just going to be his son going, give it daddy till end of season. It's going to be utter <laughs> shambolic from the board. And this is the, this is the only reason... 
the only reason to keep Neil Lennon is because we will not have a succession plan. And Stephen spoke about it a, uh, a couple of weeks ago. You don't go from Celtic to Bolton, who were in the championship at the time, to Hibs to Celtic. That doesn't happen. So you've just named Jack Ross, who went from St Mirren to Sunderland in a league below where Bolton were, to Hibs. So Celtic are just doing the exact same thing again. They're going for somebody who's went on the same sort of trajectory, albeit he might be a bit better manager and he's not been sacked by Hibs, but he's but, not, but I think, he's right, not okay, overperforming um, with Hibs right now. He's not no, overperforming with Hibs. He's not, but what I'll say is, one, this will be a rushed and panicked appointment if they do get Jack Ross in two. That's embarrassing. They've had months to do it. I know, but we're in the re- we need to operate in the reality that we're in, Stephen, don't we? And, and moving forward, I would dare say that Jack Ross, look, I'm not a Jack Ross fan, I'm not saying go get him, but Jack Ross, to me, seems like a young manager in in somewhat of an ascendancy, not a strong ascendancy, by no manner of means, whereas Neil Lennon... Uh, is maybe was maybe a guy who was on the wane a bit when he, when he got the Celtic job. But look, I'm talking about the most gradual of inclines you could possibly imagine here with Jack Ross. I'm not saying he is the appointment we should make, but I'm just saying there's maybe a difference between appointing Neil Lennon at the time and appointing Jack Ross. But anyway, don't want to speculate too much on Jack Ross. That's a name that I've just pulled out of thin air. Stephen, where does Celtic go from here? Absolutely nowhere fast is where they go from here under the, the current way of doing things that they're going absolutely nowhere but down to be honest that we've already spoken about how much damage has been done to this season already and we had Neil Lennon talking earlier this week about how it wasn't that bad a start to the season about how you know you've only lost one domestic game but that's completely ignoring the humiliating defeats to Fenish Varos and Sparta Prague and you know dropping points to Aberdeen and Hibs etc so where the club goes is up pretty much nowhere for now until changes are made where the fans go from here is probably back to Celtic Park, unfortunately. Mm. I think that is the, the toothpaste being out of the tube on this one. The genie is out of the bottle and the fans are are making themselves heard. I'm not going to criticise anyone for that. Again, I think it is perfectly understandable, perfectly warranted to make their voices heard at this point because the, the board have proven themselves to be complacent fat cats who are not listening to them and you know something something needs to change. So I can see more of the same coming Particularly if we, as I strongly suspect, rock up to Ibrox and take an absolute pasting at, at the end of the, the next month. That is fast approaching us. So changes need to be made right now. Just to repeat myself, I just I cannot envisage a scenario when Neil Lennon is manager and for, for that Rangers game. I just can't see it. The Rangers game's too late because see if we get rid of them two weeks before that, how is a manager going to come in and pick up these players? Because these players... We thought the Rangers game where we didn't get a shot on target was rock bottom. Where are we now then? Because these players, even though they're not performing, their confidence is shot to pieces. They need a change. We need a new voice in there. And it has to happen not today, three weeks ago. Listeners will know, though it's not all doom and gloom over here in 20 Minute Tims, you know, it's the, the happiest day of the year. It's coming into Christmas and we want to brighten up people's lives a wee bit. And what better way to do that, Stephen, than awarding them a lovely 20 oh. Minute Tims gold badge. Somebody's um, getting to win something it's not Celtic anyway. No, it's not somebody. Because Celtic have had two humiliating defeats this week, old Uncle Jamie is going to give away two gold badges. Oh. And if you're wondering... Oh, it's Christmas If you're wondering all. how you get a gold badge... All you have to do is leave us a wonderful five-star review on Podcast Addict or on iTunes. If you leave us a five-star review, leave your Twitter name so we can contact you and get your address off you and we will pick our, our favourite review every week, except this week when we're picking two, and send you a gold badge. Stephen, 
Who are the winners? Well, this two. Week? If you're giving me two this time, so standouts here are you're going to get my attention by titling it Free Gamboa. And this is from Aidan McGinn, the best run podcast talking about the worst run club. <laughs> cracking podcast, cracking guys. I'll take that. Aidan McGinn on Twitter. Also, R. Gorvin 007 has been in touch. Give him a badge. This has been a constant. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a constant source of enjoyment for me for two years had the Patreon for over a year and great value for money given recent games it's cheaper than paying for therapy <laughs> the group dynamic is great too you have everything you need in a successful group the looks me, the brains me. and the wild card Mainly. strangely they haven't mentioned either of you two <laughs> um, and that's that's from that's from Ricardo so yeah solid winners this week thanks very much guys and on that bombshell we shall wrap up look we do this podcast every single week we have never missed a podcast after a Celtic game if you enjoy this podcast and you want to keep the wheels turning you can support us on patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims where we do lots and lots and lots of Celtic coverage and rest assured should there be any major announcements from Celtic Park between Monday podcasts between flagship podcasts we will absolutely be taken to the mics and possibly the cameras to talk about it so if anything happens look to our Patreon we will be reacting to any news that comes out of Celtic Park on Patreon we will be there before the game. Whatever could you be hinting at? Ah, whatever whatever, could, be whatever hinting. could you be meaning? We will be, before the game, we'll be live on Patreon bringing the build up to the Milan game. We will have the usual reaction podcast after it as well. Melly, would you like to say goodbye? God bless you all, my Fenian family. And Stephen, would you like to say goodbye? See you later, folks. And thanks for listening. 